Oh. You okay? No. So, like, normal, then? That's right, because we're here. It's Opinions Are Cheap with Cameron and Chad and Frederick. What? There's no Frederick. Because he died, right? Uh, Isn't he, like, the one guy that listens, or is that Richard? No, I mean from Harry Potter. Wasn't there a Frederick that died? This is a Frederick Diggory, right? I don't know. Was that, that sounds, it? That sounds right. I don't know if he died. I can't remember. Fred. Well, Diggory. I'm, I'm Team Edward, so I hope he lived. No, we're we're thinking of Cedric Diggory. Okay, that's good. Uh, yeah, that's, he, he got killed. That's a relief. <laughs> oh, I feel really bad. I normally know things about Harry Potter, but evidently I I fucking don't know anything about Harry Potter anymore. You mean you grew up? I haven't read those books in a while. I don't know. You know, maybe we should revisit those. I would like to. Because that's the subject of the show. Yeah. That was your idea. You thought it you had a good idea. idea. Sometimes I have those. I don't know why. So tell everybody what we're going to talk about today. So I want to talk about, it's not so much nostalgia, but, but peeling away the nostalgia. This is funny because before we started recording, those are the words you used because I use stupider words. Ugh. <sighs> Um, but anyways, basically revisiting things we used to like as a kid, or maybe didn't like, and just kind of being like, oh, it's been like 10 years since I've read this, or watched this, or whatever. What's it like going back to it? Because uh, it, it can be kind of weird. You know? I, you know how I like to write my notes? Mm-hmm. So, for my notes, I wrote, revisiting stuff as a kid. Okay. And then I broke it into two categories of things that did not hold up very well and things that did, and I still like them. Okay. And I realized that there's not a lot written on the bad side, and I think it's because, not that I'm like optimistic or I have bad taste as much as I don't remember the things that I don't care about anymore. And the stuff That's that fair. I do care about like stuck with me. So I'm hoping that you jog my memory and I'll think of all the things I hate. Because I know there's stuff that I just don't care about anymore that I used sure. to. Sure. I mean, because this, this all really started when, when I decided I wanted to rewatch Elf and Lead, which is an anime I really liked back in high school. And upon rewatching that, it, it's pretty obvious why I liked it in high school. It's because it's dark and edgy and like every taboo you can think of is in there. And, you know, dumbass me who's just like, oh, how fucked up can this get? And so watching it as an adult, when that stuff doesn't really shock me anymore, and it just kind of feels like lazy storytelling because you're you're trying to be shocking for the sake of it. It's it's been a it's been an experience, which isn't to say I haven't been enjoying rewatching it. It's just uh, it's completely now. yeah, it's a completely different show to me now. Um. You know, I'm more interested, like, in, like, how the characters, none of them really act like people. Like, that never bothered me in high school, that, like, uh, Kota, the main character, can basically just, like, willfully give himself amnesia if he doesn't want to remember something he doesn't like. Which is kind of an interesting superpower, but it also just means, like, the plot can just fucking go forward and not have to worry about how he's going to react. Because I was like, oh, he'll just forget. And it, it'll, it'll come back later, whatever. And it's, it's like, you can, like, 
visually see like the author grabbing her characters and being like, "No, we're going this direction, whether you want to or not," and I'll just make you forget. And also, he wants to fuck his cousin. There was a funny article on Kotaku yesterday. Uh, did you see that one where they wrote about anime? No, I don't really go to Kotaku because they make me take my ad blocker off. They oh, I just don't take the ad blocker off. It yells at me. It's like you, you can't scroll down anymore. I uh, there's ways around it, but they <laughs> they had this funny uh, article. They're not wrong, but they had an article talking about like the upcoming season of anime, and it was like a PSA listing all the ones with like weird pedo fantasies in it. Oh, I'm glad that had to be a thing. It's just, there's so many of them where it's like, don't worry, it's really a 700-year-old dragon, so it's legal. Sure. And it's like, okay, that excuse is getting really old. That's like the name of a trope, isn't it? It's becoming a trope, yeah. Like, I, I, I think even with that dragon one, it's kind of an inside joke, but they lean into it so much that it's a little weird. Sure. Like, they, they know what they're doing, I mean... There's some of that in Elfin Lead, like, um, there's a lot of, like, there's fan service in Elfin Lead, and then there's a lot of fan disservice, and so it's, like, like, Kota and, uh, uh I can't remember the, the girl's name, y- Yuka, probably, something like that. They're cousins. Yuka really wants to fuck Kota, and Kota's an idiot, and he's maybe, I, I, I can't remember if they do or not, or don't, but. So, like, the relationship, there's, like, fan service to the relationship, but since it's so, like, taboo. You're, you're not like there's no like attraction to it it's just kind of like oh this this is going in a weird direction they're cousins they probably shouldn't want to be fucking um or with uh with lucy when she when she gets hit on the head and becomes uh new and, and is basically mentally challenged and can't speak and so there's, if there's fan service with her it's it, it never comes off as like sexual it's all like this is really disturbing because she can't consent to this and also, if she remembers who she is, she's going to kill everybody around her. <laughs> I think it's funny that... Like, you brought this topic up to me. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that what spurred it was anime. Because I feel like you could offer these complaints about a lot of different anime. Probably. A, a lot of anime seems really the subject at the time. You know, like, there's a, there's a handful that are truly artistic. Like, you can... You can take your your Ghost in the Shells and your Akira's, and it's like a, a good movie to go back to. Nah, Ghost in the Shell wasn't that good. The there's other stuff that's like, oh wow, Yu Haku Show is just a really boring. Uh, what's the word? Um, How harem. dare you, sir? It's it, it's it's like oh, there's stuff to it. No, not Yu Haku Show. Is, no, no, no. I'm thinking much... of a different one. Um, yeah. Tenshi Muyo. Oh, I don't know that one. It's you... it's not bad, but I feel like at the time it was clever and it did neat stuff and there were these weird elements to it that are kind of paled by how weird stuff got later. So if you go back and watch it, it's like, uh, it's boring. Sure. I mean, it's interesting though when you like... It, it, when it comes to like because anime is a new enough medium where you can like go back and watch the stuff that like started certain tropes and it feels so either kind of rote because you've seen these tropes over and over or just there's they haven't like evolved them yet and so it's kind of boring it's like oh it's this trope but without the excitement yeah a little bit of that 
I mean, it's kind of like going back and rereading Lord of the Rings if you're not, like, super enchanted by Lord of the Rings. Like, Lord of the Rings is fine. I, I like it, but there's... It's not... I, I like what it did to the fantasy genre. I really respect it. The character work's not that great. Some of the, the, the prose can be overly flowery. The, you know, the, the conflict is, is just a strict good versus evil. There's no nuance to it, really, other than a little bit of stuff with Frodo kind of going crazy or whatever. And then you see, like, the orcs and stuff, and it's like, oh, well, I've seen orcs in other series that have used them to a better effect. But this is, like, the first time we've ever seen orcs. And so it's cool you know in what? that sense. It's very funny. Uh, that's one of the complaints about that uh, Shadow of War game. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the the orc characterization is bad, but it's it's either depending on who you ask, it's either bad because it's not true to the source material, and so people are like, "Oh, that's not what how an orc acts." They're supposed to be you know stupid and simple, or other people complain about how the orcs act because they're just lame characters. And it's like they tried to walk a line using the base, um, you know, expectation and then tweaking it a bit. Sure. And it's like, no, you have to kind of either shot for shot remake the movie or not do it at all because there's not that much to work with, so you can't be creative with it. Right. I mean, it's like after playing, like, Orcs and World of Warcraft going to, to uh, you know, Lord of the Rings, feels you know, it feels like a pretty big step back. Urgh, man meat. Yeah, whereas, you know, like, Thrall's got this really cool story and a lot of character work, and you got, like, Hellscream and stuff. You know, there's there's a lot of depth to these characters where the orcs in Lord of the Rings are just evil man-eaters working for Sauron for shits and giggles. I'll stuck you like a pig! Um, and I don't know, you know, elves could kind of be... I don't know if elves have really evolved much since Lord of the Rings. No, and and neither have dwarves. I'm. I don't know. I I like uh, I like how Gimli acts. I like how Gimli acts too by AXE. But it's uh, it it's kind of has that Star Wars syndrome where, for whatever reason, Jabba the Hutt isn't a character. He's literally the blueprint for his entire species. And Boba Fett isn't a character. He's literally the blueprint for all Mandalorians. Right. And it's like you go to the water planet where all the water is, and then you go to the desert planet where all the desert is. And it's like when I think of Earth, it's not all San Diego. It's not all desert, but there's all these interesting environments in it. And it's like I want them to go to a different place in Naboo besides that one capital city. Yeah. And it's it's interesting with with fantasy stuff because there's a certain level of it's it's you get the you get your characters to a desert and all of the people are dressed like Egyptians and so you, you know the reader knows what to expect out of their culture right away and it's yeah. kind of lazy but if they're not going to be there that long maybe it doesn't matter it's a hard line to to walk because you want you don't want the place to feel like a caricature you want it to feel like a real place that people live otherwise you know you're going to be taken out of the out of the story but you also want the story to move along and you don't want to get sidetracked, you know, with all the, okay, well, well how many plots we're going to have here? I think, I think so, Game you of know Thrones who did has that, that well? problem. 
and and this goes back to the going back to your childhood thing but avatar the last airbender had pretty good world building oh man i haven't watched avatar the last airbender since i was probably the age it came out i mean it's still a kid's show but it has like there's a there's a reason that the characters act a certain way and there's it feels like there's different cultures to these different areas like there that were makes um sense i hope th- yeah there was this one interesting episode where uh for some reason all the waterbenders are kind of typecast as uh like eskimos or something okay. but um they they were in a swampland somewhere and they found these like hillbilly hicks but they were waterbenders and they oh, adapted yeah. to swamp life and like they they made swamp boats and they they had their own techniques for manipulating alligators or whatever garbage and it was kind of fun because the one waterbender character who like thinks that she knows everything it's like oh here's all these new things i've never thought of and it was kind of neat because it's like they're looking down on these hillbillies but then it's like oh wait they're just different people sure and it was a it was a little thing, but I, that really stuck with me for some reason. Yeah, I, m- I remember that that episode. Now that you mention it, I know my the the point I was you know the the reverse where you get too into it with the uh, you know books four and five of Game of Thrones, where all of a sudden he's got to introduce a whole new fucking continent, and then Daenerys is spending all of this time in Marine or wherever it was called, and it, it just it gets so bogged down in its own bullshit, and it's like, dude, you need to speed this up. We've been here a while. So I can, you know, there, there's getting too involved and making the places feel too big and real because you get stuck there versus, um, you know, a Star Wars thing where it's the water planet and that's all that is there is water. So I got one that I wrote on my bad side. Okay. Uh, Beast Wars. Oh. I, you you I mean, either didn't like it or you don't like it now. I really don't like it now. It's kind of ugly. I it's very ugly. But also there's just no writing. Like the the lack of characterization is bizarre. Weird. Just, they, How far they set in up did these tropes. Um I saw like all of it. Like oh really? Cuz I remember like there being cuz I know like they were the the studio technologically they could only have so many characters so they had to like actually do stuff with the characters they had. Because they couldn't just keep bringing in new ones, because uh, they literally couldn't have more than this many characters on the screen, or like the software would crash. Yeah. I. W- what I didn't like was it was constantly teasing, and I didn't realize this as a kid, but I I experienced a weird kind of a frustration when I was rewatching these old episodes recently, where. They have a basic conflict of here's the good guys and here's the bad guys. And then there's like a source of power that they have to make sure the bad guys don't get it. So they mm-hmm. fight over it. And I feel like that's the arc of a Transformers episode and that works. But then they'll have these like overarching plot points of, but then there's the, this, there's a secret thing. There's some sort of mysterious force that is beyond, you know, it's like, there's like a God figure that we're not going to talk about right now and the episode ends. And they'll keep teasing it, and then at some point, uh, what's his name now? Um, Primal, Optimus Primal? Yeah. Well, like, he'll get captured by this god character, and he gets, like, electrocuted, 
and it's like a robot that's scanning him, and then like nothing comes of that. And then they start teasing some other big secret, where there's a real Megatron out there, and this Megatron isn't the real one, but they don't do anything with it. And, sure. oh, the, that character's going to betray everybody, but they keep teasing it for a few episodes. And it's just, like, the show is ugly, and it really just barely justifies, hey, you should really watch it next week. Right, I mean, there's a right and wrong way to do the cliffhanger ending. You have to have payoff eventually, or it's just going to get pretty boring. And all the characters are pretty boring. It's like, there's the tarantula, and he's always scheming, just like a Starscream would. And there's the wasp, and he's an idiot. And there's the ant, and he's a bigger idiot. And there's we the rat, to blow and he's like, off. oh, he's krillin. Oh, no, he's krillin. And it's just... Something about it, I remember watching it, and I still like the toys. Yeah, they're pretty but cool. But I, I thought I would feel nostalgic about that show, and when I found it on YouTube or something, it's like, oh, cool, and I just couldn't sit through it. Sure. I remember going back and watching a couple episodes of Reboot uh, a year or two ago, and I was pretty pissed up drunk, but I'm pretty sure the things I enjoyed as an adult, I probably didn't get or enjoy as a kid. <laughs> And well, the things I enjoyed as a kid, I thought were awful as an adult. It's funny. Reboot is my first one on the good list. I love all the puns. There's a lot of puns. There's, but there's so also many a lot bad of, like, puns. Technical puns, like yeah. computer component stuff. It's great. It's it's like way cleverer than it than it has any right to be. And it also looks ugly. It looks just as bad as Beast Wars, but the premise is kind of like Tron, where oh no, it's supposed to look weird. Right. So it's like, oh, wow, the animation is so, like, herky-jerky, but they're computer programs. That's fine. Um, Code Lyoko is another one. I uh, I didn't care for that at the no, time. No, it's not very good. At the time, when I was a guy, I, I remember watching it when I was a kid, and I, it might have been just like, oh, it's on after this show. I might as well keep watching TV. Um, but yeah, as an adult, it doesn't really hold up very well. It's kind of stupid, and... It's another one where I don't know if the characters really act like how anybody normal would act in these situations. I mean, there's some weird shows for kids where it was clearly designed just to sell toys. That one wasn't one of them. It Well, no, it wasn't. But it kind of reminded me of one. Like, I, I remember watching it, and it's like, are they going to like start pitching some dumb video game at some point? Like, something about it just rubbed me the wrong way, where it's like, okay, I'm not enjoying this, and I feel like there's a reason they're airing it, because this reminds me of a commercial. Which one was it? I don't think they ever really monetized it. Did they? I don't, I don't, I didn't hear what it was. Code Lyoko? Oh. No, I don't think so. That's the vibe I got from it, even though that's not what it was. I mean, it, it largely had that kind of plot, right, where... Something would happen, they'd have to go into the thing, become computer people, kill a couple bad guys, and it's over. And then you'd have like yeah. the B plot where like the characters making fun of each other or whatever, and it was all the episodes were largely kind of the same from what I remember. It was kinda like just Digimon where okay, there's a there's a problem in Digimon world, here's a new character, be sure to buy the trading cards. And then Kyod Lyoko followed a similar thing and forgot to make trading cards. I think as it went on, it did more, like, it introduced more characters, and there were some betrayals or whatever. Because I was on the Wikipedia page, not, I don't think, that long ago. So I remember, like, getting the song stuck in my head. Because the, the theme, opening theme to Kodlioko is pretty great. Do you like Spaceballs? God, I don't even remember watching that. I, I know I've seen it, but I couldn't tell you, like, 
anything that happens in it. It's one of my favorite movies, but right now it's one of those internet memes where people are supposed to not like it. it did it did it do like a have jokes of its time period that don't hold up anymore? Because I don't feel that way. Now. But some people are just like, man, it just it didn't even have jokes. There oh. was nothing in it. They're just making references to Star Wars. That's not a joke. And I I disagree. I was just curious if you watched it recently. Nope, can't say that I have. Uh, oh, X-Men. Like the cartoon? That theme song. Like the moment you start to think about it, it's stuck in your head for a while. <laughs> oh, man. There's like quotes. I, <laughs> I don't know how many times I quote, This one's for you, Morph, and I don't know why. <laughs> But I, I just love saying that. Do you remember the Christmas episode? I do not. The only part I remember was there's a part where some characters are like ice skating, and Wolverine is just like watching them, and he's just like, "Boy, the holidays are served. They're they're all right, bub." And then like it went somewhere else, and like Mole Man was getting beat up in the street, and he's like, "No, stop! I don't have powers. I'm just ugly." And like he's a mutant, and they beat him up. And that's all I remember about the Christmas episode. Man, that'd be some shit. Like, I think about this all the time when I watch My Hero Academia. It's like, you you, you could just be your quirk is you're like a fucked up monster. And your, your face, like, there's like one character, he's, he's, he's like a bird person. Like, his face is like a big crow face. And it's like, that sucks to be him. Because that'd be terrifying. And he has to look at himself. And he's be like, shit, I'm a, I'm a fucking bird person. Well... What is, uh, there's that one terrible anime I complained about, about, like, Centaur High School. Yeah. There's one snake character. And it's like, she's, she's, she has a human body, except her neck is, like, a really long snake. And she has oh, a snake face. fucking weird. And it's like, that's her, that's her problem. It's like, no one trusts her because she's a snake. And she's really, like, shy and self-conscious. And she's just always in the background because people don't like her, so they don't talk to her. And then it's like there's one episode where they kind of address it, and it's <laughs> the main character when she was little watched a horror movie about a snake person that went around eating centaurs. So she developed this debilitating like phobia of snake people. Huh. So the whole time it's like the, the whole episode is like, why are you so racist against snake people? And it's like, cause they're creepy. It's scary. <laughs> and then like it barely resolves by the end, and it made me feel weird. Like, is this pro racism? Like, I don't understand. They didn't go anywhere <laughs> with it. Oh um, man. God, I feel like this seemed like a, a, a more comprehensive topic when i thought about it a couple days ago <laughs> okay so there's like a there's a comic that i think a lot of people like to make fun of because it's kind of a social justice warrior thing but i think it makes a good point so i wanted to bring it up at some point okay did you see that one where there's the lady and she's like she's watching netflix and she gets excited about an old movie um i think the art's awful so i'm just gonna read it to you okay uh, oops. <laughs> the art is so bad. I, she, like, cricks her neck in weird ways where it's like, is she 
breaking? What's wrong with her bones? Okay. So it's like this lady's here with her PlayStation controller and she's like, wow, that nineties movie I used to love is on Netflix. Uh, that's cool. I haven't seen this in years. I'm going to watch it. So she's all like happy about it. But then it's like, Oh, that was kind of sexist. Oh, that seemed a little racist. I don't remember this movie being so homophobic. I forgot about all the transphobia. And then they end up turning the movie off. I'm like, oh, the 90s sucked. And I think... I mean, this comic isn't wrong. But there's a... There's a trick, I think, to separating our change in taste with, like, the time that it aired. Oh, sure. Which is difficult to... I mean, it, ultimately, if you just really aren't enjoying it, then you shouldn't force yourself to enjoy something. But I think there's this weird trend right now where people look at something and go, boy, this wouldn't work in today's standards, so I'm going to disregard it. Yeah, I mean, my big example for something like that is Animal House. There's there's some jokes in that movie that are really not funny by today's standards and shouldn't have been funny by maybe then standards. I mean... There's like one of the jokes is like the dude's looking at this lady passed out and he's literally thinking about raping her and he's got like the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. And it's just like, this is rape, dude. (laughs) Well, it's um, Revenge of the Nerds is a good example of that too. I've never seen that movie. I think one of the revenge things was one character posed as the girl's boyfriend, but he was wearing like a mask. And it's like, oh, haha, you actually had sex with me. And she's like, oh, no, a nerd. And it's like, no, that's not okay. No, that's, <laughs> that's, just, that's not revenge. That's it's, something... also, it's also so fucking stupid, though, that it's still, like, kind of funny. I, well, it's being presented as a joke. So, I don't know. It's it, yes and no. I think it's funny that your your first example was was that. The first thing that came to my mind was blackface. Oh, sure. Because at the time, blackface was a form of entertainment. Like, it wasn't, uh, I know what'll keep the black people down. Let's portray them as entertaining. It was just that at the time, it it wasn't considered tasteless to reference weird genetic traits and go, hey, look at me, I'm black. And it's like, oh, he's doing a costume. And now it's, like, the most offensive thing in the world. Like, you you couldn't... There's no way to present blackface right now in a way where anyone would be okay with it. Right. But historically, there was a time where that passed. And it's like, wow, I mean, some things did change for the better. Yeah, it, it's... Uh, I'm, I'm largely very happy with how things have changed. But I also don't like the idea that, like... From, like, hey, we should watch Animal House with, some, with you know, a hypothetical friend who would be like no, that movie's really offensive. It's like, it is, but it's still pretty funny. Like, college isn't like that at all anymore. It, it's so of its time. But also, like, seeing, you know, like, them doing the gags with the horse and, and pissing off the dean, he's like, oh, Robot House, even though it wasn't actually Robot House, I can't remember how name. The, um, that, that comic I read. Yeah. Do you know what movie they were referencing? Um, I want to say, like, maybe Ace Ventura. <laughs> that's really close um i think it was dumb and dumber oh uh, but yeah, same I guy can... yeah um but it's uh 
it's funny because when I first read that comic, it didn't rub me the wrong way. And then when someone said, yeah, they're referring to Dumb and Dumber, I was like, oh, pfft, pfft, come on. And it's like I, I suddenly got defensive about it because I still like that movie. Yeah, the movie's fun. I don't remember. Just... <laughs> I don't remember any racism in that one, but I haven't seen it in a while. Um, eh, I mean, I, I, I don't think this was like a direct uh, critique on Dumb and Dumber. It was more of a general statement. But I think sure. they had like a blog post saying, "I was watching Dumb and Dumber, and you know what? I don't know anymore." Oh, okay. Which again, that's not wrong. If you don't no. like it, you don't like it. Um, but opinions are cheap, and stop shoving them down my throat. My opinions are better. <laughs> it, it it's oh um I don't know like reading um you know maybe like old books or whatever they are written like a couple hundred years ago and like the depictions of women versus how we depict them now and or even like watching um something like Leave It to Beaver where you know it takes place in the idyllic nineteen fifties. But you know, like the housewife, that like that's all she's like. Really, that's what she does. Is she's her job is the housewife, and she's supposed to be happy with that, and that's fulfilling. And it's just like, I don't know. Times have changed, but you can still go back and watch some of that old stuff, and like, you should be able to find enjoyment well, if you enjoy it. Wait, was that? Did you say Leave It to Beaver? Yeah. Oh, I, I was thinking of Angry Beavers. Oh man, I I I remember really liking Angry Beavers. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, going back to your thing. There was, <laughs> but my mom found something funny. Someone was talking about I Love Lucy, and that's one of my favorite shows. But somebody found this uh, message board where someone brought up I Love Lucy, and like this one person said, "You know, I've never seen this before. It's actually really funny. It's just really creepy the way that they put forth this like weird fictional world where men are always wearing suits and women are always wearing dresses." <laughs> and there's like a hundred people saying no it was actually like that and it's not this like unrealistic standard of beauty thing it's like no that was relatable and I it's mean, like it's like oh these millennials that didn't travel back to the 1930s and experience it oh i mean yeah like and leave it to beaver i remember there's one episode they went to go see like a baseball game and they're all like dressed in like suits and ties and you know <laughs> yes they're really nice clothes like, you're gonna go eat a hot dog and spill mustard on yourself you dumb motherfucker what are you doing it's yeah it's uh, different and you kind of have to understand the time or or even um as a kid i didn't realize it but a christmas story it, like doesn't it didn't take place at the time of filming it was a, like hey back in the old days right because by the time i watched it it kind of was hey back in the old days yeah and i never realized that until i was like much older that it was like, oh, wait, this is a... In context, it's a very different movie now. Yeah. Where he's looking back, you know, fondly. Not just telling a story of something that happened. I know, like, uh... I mean, Lovecraft's an easy one to, to beat up on because he's a... Ra he was, you know... Even probably for the time period, pretty racist, but... You know, that was he a long time ago. He depicted squid people very poorly. Yeah. I don't know. I st you know, I, I still like his work, though, and you can't deny it was really influential on, on the horror genre. Was that horror? Lovecraft? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Lulu, cosmic horror, you know. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, 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 I turn on Twitter and I see cosmic horror. I don't know. 
It's like, oh, I, I need some non-Euclidean geometry in my life right now. <laughs> oh, boy. But yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't want to derail your point. I don't really have much point. Oh, man. It's this stuff, fine. I got this Jack Daniels uh, Winter Jack Tennessee Cider. Yeah, how is that? that? Man, it smells terrific, but it is beyond bland. Oh, that sucks. So I just, I like to sniff it, and I'll drink a little, but I just... It, it's got so much going on. You're supposed to warm it up, but it, I tried that, and it tastes even more bland. I, I don't know. Uh, it makes so, it like apple juice. I, I'm trying to think, going back in time. Okay. Uh, I loved, growing up, um, I loved Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. And I still do today, but the nature of what Sonic is has changed so much. Yeah, he's been on a journey. <laughs> we all have. We have. Man, it my I did that weird like autistic fan fiction reading last week, which was awesome by the way. It, yeah, but growing up like there weren't original characters. Like there were three characters and that was enough. Yep. You know, it was just it was like Sonic and Tails and Robotnik. And I remember when like the the comics started coming out it was interesting that they they had this story that there's a bunch of freedom fighters and there's like there's this girlfriend character and there's like a stuffy prince guy and there's like a scrappy gang of rebels and i i don't know that was enough (laughs) yeah i mean it kind of like blew your mind like there's more than just the you know the two or three characters in the video game but and it at was, some point, you definitely didn't need more than that. No, it, it was a story there. Yeah. And it was compelling enough. And now we have, like, different timelines and different reboots. And, like, the, the comics have alternate realities because they had to keep rebooting it every time they lost the licensing somewhere. And it was just, there's such a mess now. H- have you ever played that game where you type in, you go to Google and you type in your name, the hedgehog? Yeah. Because everybody wins. No nope. no names are overlooked. I know. It, it, even just like the new games now where like you got Shadow, you got Silver, you got Amy, you got Big the Cat, you got um, Sonic Boom's got that uh, kind of Australian chick. I can't oh, remember Oh, I love her. Um, Sticks. Yeah, she's great. She's funny. She is funny. She's stupid. <laughs> yeah, but, but she's not... a completely different way than Knuckles. Yeah, I was just going to say, she's her own brand of stupid and she's her own character. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, it bugs me when I see maybe better IPs not get good characters. And then Sonic Boom has this ugly redesign, but they're doing something with it. And it's like, oh man, they, mm. I was watching Sonic Boom the other day because I wasn't feeling good and I was like getting ready to go to bed. And I was having a really good time with that cartoon. <laughs> it's good. I think um, if I were to recommend it to anybody, I'd say just like skip the first 10 episodes or something. Like they, there was a slow warm-up but it gets pretty funny it definitely turns into a comedy yeah and i think the first few they didn't know if they were going to be a comedy or not it was kind of strange but they eventually figured it out they got really self-referential yeah i (laughs) did you see the one where shadow the hedgehog finally showed up um no i've seen clips of it though and everyone's like oh it's shadow well, it's just the whole the whole episode. 
um, Sonic and the gang are just trying to put together IKEA furniture, but that's the B plot. And okay. the A plot is Eggman's trying to make a council of like a Legion of Doom. So he invites all the villains he knows, which are just a bunch of really crummy characters from Sonic's village that are just jerks. <laughs> and then like, and then him, and then Shadow. Okay. So Shadow shows up, and Eggman's just like fanboying over him. And it's like, oh, he's the best. Hey, hey Shadow, uh, why don't you come over here and join us for our uh, inaugural pizza party? And Shadow's like, hmm, no, I'll stand over here. And Eggman's like, he's cool. Okay, you can stand there. It's okay. And the whole time, it's just Shadow, like, scoffing at everything. And by the end, he sort of leaves. And it's, <laughs> I don't I don't know if Sonic and the gang ever put together the furniture or not. <laughs> But that's a good episode. I know the one I watched the other day, Knuckles was having bad luck, and so Styx was like, well, maybe the luck balance of the universe has been thrown out of whack. And he's just like, well, what's that? Like, you didn't just say something completely idiotic. She's like, well, you gotta just have a lot of bad luck, and then you'll get your good luck back. And so he just starts, like, jumping off of cliffs and, like, just hurting himself <laughs> and, like, getting stung by bees. And it's like, this is so... This is, like, a good cartoon moment. I like this. Yeah, they have a lot of cartoon moments. Man, I, uh, Hot Diggity Demon did a uh, this brain dump. I think I recommend brain dump a lot when we talk on this show. It's pretty good. He did one on Zootopia. Did you see that one? I uh, did not. I think it was Zootopia, but he he talked about how his problem with the movie was that instead of just being a cartoon with a cute premise. It's like there's this weird overtone of, hey, everybody, racism is bad. And it's handled in such a weird way where they're kind of beating you over the head with it. So if you're not a racist, you agree. If you are a racist, there's nothing to actually convert you. And it's like the movie gets hung up on a weird, dumb message without actually like providing anything fun along the way. It's an interesting critique of that movie. Interesting. I don't fully agree with them, but he right. did bring up one. It was kind of a joke, but he said, like, when he sits down to watch a cartoon, he wants to laugh, but he's constantly reminded that cartoons aren't supposed to make you laugh. They're supposed to make you cry. And he has, like, this, like, quick montage of all the Pixar movies that come out. Oh. And how they, it was like, like the, oh, uh, up, um, his wife couldn't have children, and then she died. And that's how the movie opens. And it's like, oh, Toy Story 3, they're all going to go to the dumpster fire and die. Oh. And oh, Finding Nemo, the, the mom dies. Oh. And oh, Eve, uh, Wally dies at the end. Oh. And it's just so. For some reason, <laughs> I mean, I, I went to see Coco, and at the end, I was crying so hard. Like, I had trouble getting up when the movie was over because, like, my eyes were, like, so. There's so much <laughs> tears. Really? <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to sit here and wipe my tears away. <laughs> Sing this song. And it really got to me, but it's like, man, I want to watch a cartoon now to lighten up. Sure. I feel like there are, are still those. I don't know, like, I'm trying to think of one and well, that like, I've actually you, seen. <laughs> on Cartoon Network, it's the same problem where, like, Steven Universe and Adventure Time and Regular Show all present this, like, fun world, but then it turns into, like, a weird, depressing uh, drama thing. 
Which is weird because I think you need some of that to make the show compelling and to like develop the characters. But if I think back to like Codename Kid Next Door at Ed and Eddie, like that stuff was really light when it was there. Like it was it was largely here's our premise, here's our characters in their playground, and they're just going to play in that playground. And that was fine. It was good times. Well yeah, you know, Ed, Ed and Eddie's a good one. But it never got heavy. No, not till like the movie. At the very the, end, the, well, the movie tried. Brother's an asshole. But even then, it's kind of like it, it, it fit within the universe, right? But when I think about um, Codename Kids Next Door, occasionally they would have episodes where they really get into the world building, and there's like a sinister element to it, or there's like a depressing element to it. Um, like they they have that ritual where when you reach a certain age. They, make you they wipe your memory. Yeah. And it's like, the the one guy, just, he really does not want to do it. And he just tries to, like, hide his birthday, and he tries to, like, run away. And it's this whole thing where it's like, oh, no, they have to stop him. But it's also, like, there's a creepiness to it. Where it's like, you know, I kind of get why he's there. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't fucking be okay with that. Yeah, it's scary. And it's also kind of sad to think about, like... All the whenever they point out that the bad guys are all just what they're going to become later, and it's like you know maybe if you didn't wipe their memories, they wouldn't turn into bad guys when they become adults. Yeah, you kind of have to wonder about that. You're getting rid of like all of the sympathy for kids, a little bit, and it's it's strange. Like if you look too hard, the fun starts to go away. Sure. Um. But then I don't know because there's a certain level you like, you start thinking about that more as an adult when you go back and rewatch it, and now you you're seeing the show completely differently and maybe getting a different kind of enjoyment out of it by psychoanalyzing it or whatever. Maybe, I I mean, did you watch much Adventure Time? Uh like the first season or two, and then I kind of fell off. It went in such a weird direction where it it reminded me of these harem animes where it just never works out for the main character. Okay. Where it's like, well, it's just, just it's weird. That. They they have these really sad moments sometimes, where like Finn is the last human in the world, yep. and he kind of he he doesn't necessarily have like a crush on Princess Bubblegum, but they kind of they're a little like flirty and they're a little friendly sometimes. And there's this one episode where Princess Bubblegum like regresses in age, and they're now the same age. So they start spending a lot more time together, and it's like a three-episode arc or something. And at the end, they realize that oh wait, they, we can fix her. Um, if we if we just put more sugar into her, she'll regain her body mass and go back to her older age. So they just fix her, and then um, Finn's like, okay, I'm so glad we saved you. And he goes to grab her hand or something, and then she like brushes him off, it's like, oh come on, Finn, that was years ago. And it's like this weird sting at the end of the episode. Sure. Where it's like, oh, this suddenly got a little heavy. But then for the next like five episodes, he's depressed and constantly thinking about her. Which isn't really something you want out of a kid's cartoon. Like, I can see like him being depressed for a episode and like, okay, a there's episode. repercussions for this. Yeah. But to go further than that and then not like, no, we want to do some funny adventures, go kill a thief. So then he gets another girlfriend that doesn't work out. Because she's made of fire. As you do. And it's like, he's like desperate for a relationship, so he puts up with a lot. But eventually she just gets kind of tired of his childishness and just like brushes him off. 
How old is And he's ben? depressed for like five episodes. Because I never pictured him being like that old. No. It, like he always seemed like he's like 12. I feel like it's written by different people and they have different interpretations of the character. Sure. Um, I know sometimes that's the case, but it just it seems a little sloppy because they'll do this like world building and then do nothing with it. Or then the the, the vampire girl. Oh, yeah, like, she's her. always like, you know, she's randomly flirty to be a jerk. But then sometimes Finn will get like really upset about it and she feels bad, but nothing really comes of it. And it's like, it, it, do we need this in a kid's cartoon? It's interesting, like, kids' cartoons were different. I don't know, maybe they weren't. It's just I was a kid. But, you know, if I, I, if I can wax nostalgic about quite a few shows, and it just it feels like they never... A lot of them never went in those kinds of directions. Like, going back and rewatching well, SpongeBob, you know? Yeah, SpongeBob's a good one. Um, I'm thinking even older, like, if you watch a Looney Tunes cartoon... Oh, sure. Yeah, there's, like, you, no you, continuity to those. It's fucking... It's just fun. fun and, and, yeah, it's just fun. And you don't end up with, like, uh, complicated, confusing uh, crushes on cartoon characters. You oh, know? man, that Bugs Bunny in a dress. Uh, it's funny. It, it never is. comes across as, like, like, oh, no, now I'm gay for cross-dressing uh, furries. It's just like, aha, Elmer Fudd didn't see that it was Bugs Bunny. ha <laughs> ha. I remember there was one episode of Tom and Jerry where it ends with, like, Tom getting his head cut off because it was, like, in the French Revolution. Yes. And it was, like, this really dark moment. I never liked that episode because it's, like, well, Tom always comes back. Like, he gets killed I, and then he comes back. And it's, like, and in this one it feels like there's, like, a finality to it I, that doesn't I feel like fit. how that episode should have ended is at some point um, Tom uh, gets ultimately defeated and he waves up a little white flag and it's kind of, they make a joke about how, ha ha, the French always surrender. And then he just shake hands and walk into a sunset. Yeah. Cause there's other episodes that kind of end like that. And so that one, yeah, you're right. That was a little weird. Cause even like Jerry was like upset about it. He was like, Ooh, yikes. I'm not going to watch that. I remember there was one where like they both, Tom and Jerry were like after girls and they both got rejected and it ends with them just like sitting on like the train tracks waiting for a train <laughs> to come kill them. I love that. And it, it's weird, like, because you're like, okay, well, Finn gets rebuffed, and now he's sad for five episodes, and then Tom's going to go fucking commit suicide by train. But since there's something, like, darkly funny about that, and then you know the next episode, it's going to be, like, a completely different time period, so who gives a shit? Tom and Jerry had good suicide jokes. <laughs> they did. Because um, it came out be more the than once. Of this episode. Like, I think there were a couple where... Like, the whole plot was, like, a character just wanted to kill themselves, right? Maybe? Like, I know there was one where there was, like, the baby duck that was, like, I can't take life anymore. Yeah! Um, I'm just, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go jump in the soup pot, or I'm gonna cut myself in the blender, yeah, the, and Jerry's just trying, trying to, to save Tom him. to eat him. It was like, whoa, what the? <laughs> and it was, like, it was a cute premise because they're presenting it cutely, but then as an adult, you're like, they to this? Well, I don't think there's ever, like, you, you don't really perceive any danger to it, because, I mean, you know Tom's not going to eat the duck. Well, they're cartoons. Right. I mean, dumb things happen. Like, I I love the bits where, um, and, and Tom and Jerry's one of those cartoons where it used to be, uh, quote, hyper-violent by some people's standards, and it's been, like, reeled in so much. But, like, things that happen where uh, somebody gets hit in the face with a hot iron... 
and their face is just flat now. Yeah. Or Tom gets shot through the stomach with a bowling ball, and now there's like a circle in him. And it was always shot funny. With shot, and he drinks water, and there's leaking out all the holes. Yeah, that stuff. And now it's just so depressing to watch new Tom and Jerry cartoons because nothing happens at all. Well, it's weird because I remember there being episodes of SpongeBob that were like way more graphically gross and violent than Tom and Jerry. Yeah, where like he'll well, get like his was, um... skin ripped off, and you can see a skeleton in his organs, and it's like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Well, the one where like Patrick was moving a table and he ripped off Squidward's oh, toenail. Yeah, and it was like Awful. slow and graphic and weird. And Squidward had that weird uh, suicide episode. Yeah, I, know, I never, um, never ended up seeing that one, but it's not a great episode. But the gags out of context are hilarious. Oh yeah, because it's sure. just. I mean, it's, it's like just dark. And, and, but it's also like without the context, you're kind of concerned more. Like, if you understand, sure. oh, silly things are going on in the background, it kind of raises the levity. But someone just shows you Squidward hanging a rope, and he raises it up, and it's a noose, and then they cut it. It's like, what's going on in that episode? Yeah. Um, What was, uh, you just reminded me of something else, too. It's another cartoon. Oh, no, Tom and Jerry. Did you see that Willy Wonka one? No. They do a weird shot-for-shot remake of Willy Wonka but just, like, put Tom and Jerry in the background. Oh, interesting. They did this for Wizard of Oz, too, but the Willy Wonka one is strange because the animation is so awful. Like, the the way they draw faces, they just contort in the strangest, most, like, disgusting way. Oh, man. And it's it's borderline body horror for me. Like, as someone that appreciates animation, I get morbidly fascinated by how poor quality it is. I like how this turned into like us just talking about old cartoons. Uh, we should do this every week. Old cartoons are great. Opinions are cartoons. Yeah. So new cartoons are awful, man. Uh, Steven Universe. Oh man, ah. Uh, the the feels. I don't really watch new cartoons, like other than uh, MLP. Um, there's I don't have like, access to Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon anymore, so I'd have to like go seek them out. There's a there's this bully character that picks on Steven a lot. And like more often than once, it's like you know, he he accidentally tags along for an adventure and Steven has to save him from the monster. Okay. And this happens a, just a bunch of times. Except one of these times he literally dies. Oh. And it's like I, I, it's it's very sad. And Stephen has this ability to heal people with his um, like his saliva or something. Uh, like there's something in his body that heals people. Okay. So he's like crying over the guy's dead body, and the tears revive him. But he's now half magic. The bully is. And what? Yeah, the bully is. Okay. And so he's like he's glowing pink, and he has a scar on his face, and he just like he, he doesn't feel like he'll fit in with society anymore. And they were also on a planet that's like a billion light years away. Mm. And so Steven realizes that now that the bully's hair is pink, that means he can actually use it as a portal, and he goes into the bully's hair and goes through to find his pink lion back on Earth. And it's like, oh wait, this is a portal, this is how we can get home. 
but the bully can't go. He has to stay there as the other side of the portal. Like, he can't oh. go through his own hair. Okay. And so the bully's like, well, well, Steven's like, well, I don't know how to get you home. We have to figure something out. And the bully is like, you know what? Uh, just go and just leave me here. And it's kind of this, like, thank you for saving my life moment. And it's sad. And it <laughs> it doesn't feel right. And it's like, oh, they're, they're going to revisit this later. But right now, it feels really bad. See, none of that shit happened in Wild Thornberries. I don't know. Talk to animals, and then like, then she'd go to a different place. Another episode, talk to different animals. Yeah, I guess you're right. And that was fine. Nothing ever really happened in that show. Like, I like that show well enough. Like drama bomb wise. No, it was just like, hey, what happens if yeah, you you talk to animals for a bit? Yeah, that was a cute show. Like Mike Lou and Og or something, where it's just like pretty much like the same basic premise every episode. I like Ren and Stimpy. I never really cared much for that one. You go to hell. <laughs> it was a cheap opinion I just had. No, that's that's factually incorrect. You go, you oh, go okay. to hell. <laughs> um. Okay. <laughs> you know we're actually talking pretty long. The one yeah, more it, thing. It sucks because the one I thing just... I wanted to talk about we didn't oh, yeah. even get to. Well, well, no. Let's talk about that. Because like the reason I, I wanted to talk about this at all, part of it was was rewatching Elf and Lead and being like, this is interesting. The other part is I, I picked up the the book Homeland by R. A. Salvador, which is one of his uh, Drizzt books in his Dark Elf Legacy. You know, I, these came out in like 2000 or probably before. Before. I, yeah, and I, I picked up the first one when I was in uh, a freshman in high school, and I have not gone back and reread any of these, and so. You know, 13 years later, I'm like, I should go back through these for one reason or another. And it's really fucking weird rereading these. Because the writing's not very good. Like, his his prose is pretty bad, and it's kind of hard to get around that. And then, like, his world building isn't great. Like, the, like the Dark Elf Homeland, which I'm not going to even bother trying to pronounce because it's like 80 syllables. Like, it makes no fucking sense. Like, there's no way this culture would survive or, like this society would form because like everyone's trying to backstab each other and it's cool if you backstab someone and don't get caught because that means you, you did a good job but if you get caught then you they're gonna kill you and right. everyone's at war with each other and like every monster is like the worst because it's under the ground like miles and so you can't really go outside because you could die and it's just like nothing makes any fucking sense um but then like all of a sudden Drizzt shows up and it's like Oh fuck! Is this dude? I re- I really you know I, I spent like a lot of hours of you know twenty some books with this character. I, I, I turns out I really missed him in in you know that kind of fashion. Um, and so some of his stuff still holds up though, and it's like oh I I like his internal conflict. It does it's not always well written, but it, I appreciate it. Um, and so it's just been really weird rereading these, and it and I guess like noticing all of the flaws. And it's like, I don't know if I should be having fun or not. Because my rose-colored glasses are not that rose-colored. Like, not enough to ignore what's going on here. Oh, man. Rose-colored glasses. I mean, and that's that's like a D&D book, isn't it? Like, it ties yes. into D&D heavily. Yes. Uh, did we talk about the Warcraft classic servers? Um, I don't think so. If you want to talk about, you know, revisiting things that you used to like 10 years ago. Like, there's so many quality of life things 
Like, the, I mean, a lot of people Summoning go, stones. I, well, they just, they remember having fun 12 years ago. But I, it's like, I read an article about all the things in classic World of Warcraft that they removed. And all the comments were, that sounds horrifying. You know, like you need to make ammo for your archers and you you can't stack materials in your bag and right. there's no group finder and things that they kind of take for granted now there's no flying mounts um getting a regular mount costs like 500 gold or a thousand gold or something and money was, well, it was to also make like a then. high level thing you yeah. know you, you spent a lot of time walking because yeah, you didn't get a mount until like level 40 and there wasn't like a map that uh, that highlighted where you go for a quest. It's like go north and find the village and talk to Tom. Yeah. Like, okay. And you follow a road for a while, but it's like, did I pass it? I, I don't see it on my map. I don't um, know, like, because I mean, I remember using a lot of different add-ons because you know, like third-party people would make those some of those quality of life things as far as like maps and shit go. And I don't know if those would work on the classic servers, but. You know, even back when I was playing in Burner Crusade, and we still didn't have some of those quality of life stuff. Like, we went out of our way to find it. You know, you'd have frickin' Fotbot minimized to figure out what to do for the next quest. So, just you reminded me of that talking about the Drizzt books. But those books were kind of written for two reasons, and one was to tell a fun and compelling story, and one was to like inspire you for your own game. Think so. I guess I, I, I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. I just remember like, oh, that's a cool cover. I like fantasy books. I'm a dumb kid. Oh, you I never will... like played? No. So the, I mean, that's really how the books go. Is they'll they'll take the world and they'll tell the story within the world. But if you're a dungeon master, you're going to be lifting a lot of the ideas. Sure. Like every time a character gets into some kind of conflict, um, it's kind of a hint for, hey, did you ever think about this? You know, like, how would your party react if there was a giant worm monster inside a cave? Or if a, you know, how, a what, what dwarf if, thing got turned into a hook or because of polymorphs? What do, you, what do you do? Roll the dice. Right. And even though they have a story set out in the book, the idea is you go look up hook horrors in your monster manual and go, oh, you know what? I never thought of that. Sure. That's really, um, that kind of takes some of the, some of the magic out of them. A little bit. Granted, the, the bad writing doesn't help with, with the magic. But, uh, yeah, and that's the other thing is that that stuff doesn't necessarily hold up. But also, even the hints, like we're going back to earlier anime. When you read old D and D stuff, everything feels either like extra tropey or like it's been done a million times now. Sure. Because there's a good chance that you could you could never read a Drizzt book, but your friend hosts a D and D game and you have a lot of fun, and then you go find this book and you're like, oh wait, Steve just stole all this stuff. <laughs> It's funny because I know as the books go on, it, it feels more and more like they're RPG characters because they get like all this fucking loot and like now all of them have like magic mounts so they can get from one area to the other really fast and he doesn't have oh. to write them traveling. Dude, I, it's the same thing in the Warcraft books. I, I got one and it it referred to there were a group of like hunters and for some reason the hunters all had like really miscellaneous. Uh, mismatched uh, animals and it's like that's that's a bad mechanic in the game in the story <laughs> like these are these are supposed to be like the alliances like it's like a human regiment of the most elite snipers um but for some reason they had a raptor and a tiger and an eagle and a wolf 
and it's like okay this <laughs> just you don't have to you don't have to write that part right even though hunters in the game get animal pets it doesn't help the story any and it took me out of the book so hard once i read that yeah um it was just so weird <laughs> you get to that point you're just like wow you're trying real hard to impress the 14 year olds who also bought this it, that's what it really feels like and it's like they have this inspiring lore to work with um and then they they went to the thing and and traded 30 copper for the the potion it's like okay yeah so and and went to the other to the armor smith to repair his gear it's like okay that's okay oh man like that shouldn't even be in the book it, it's I just mean, like meaningless horseshit i exaggerate but stuff like that pops up and i just eh. and it's it's i think like i remember reading like the old richard knack books warcraft books and like i was like largely playing the game and so like at the time i appreciated some of those nods and then if i go back to him it's well, just like oh man i, think I don't want to be handled it a little better yeah it's the it's the the current ones where they're literally just a a sales pitch for the upcoming expansion sure and it's there's something about it that feels a little lazy it was funny with the drizzle well, books <laughs> there's there's an illidan book okay uh leading into legion but it it tells um it pretty much tells his story through the burning crusade and you don't actually see a lot of him in burning crusade so it's kind of interesting to like fill in these blanks sure but it ends with the raid fight Oh yeah, like it, it word for word uses the same dialogue from the game. That's kind of cool. But then describes the the forty adventurers that stood behind him. Oh, okay. That's um, not... and he, you know, he threw his glaives and pierced the the warrior's um arm, uh, but a priest healed him, and then a mage cast uh arcane missile, you know, and then the shaman uh threw out a bunch of totems that started healing everyone, and he go through and like describe an old spell from each class and it's like this is really cute i i kind of wish i stopped reading before this chapter sure because it was so anticlimactic to be silly about it and end the book there knack did those kind of like big 40 on 40 battles a lot better too in his writing like he actually really made like the, the fights against the demons and stuff feel really big and epic while still feeling pretty world of warcraft like I was, yeah. I've always been kind of impressed by by the way he handled scale in, in his fantasy battles. But Wait, I was going to say we talked a lot. We should, we honest, should probably wrap up. <laughs> I'm, honestly, I'm kind of tempted to keep going, and then you cut like ten minutes of the earlier stuff because I think some of the early part of this podcast was very good. Okay, we can do but that. I'm also not the one who edits it, so. Well, no. Wrap up your point. So, with the Drizzt books, I know later on. You could tell like when D and D started changing stuff within their world because he had to do that too. And you I know like this, the spell plague, you burn in hell. Hit. I don't remember. I, I've you gotta be more familiar with something like that than I am. But like at one point, like magic completely kind of like stopped working for a bit, or or didn't work. It worked differently. And I know okay. um, like Caterbury got like injured and she couldn't be like a warrior anymore, so she started learning magic because. You know, now she is like a mage character and it was just like some of these changes like kind of worked at t in, the t in the moment but then you think back and you're like I bet someone from Wizards of the Coast was like oh you have to do this whether you want to or not you know what though um, he actually liked that stuff 
I've listened to a couple interviews with him, and I don't know if he's just trying to stay on Wizard's good side, but I think he kind of enjoyed the challenge of of taking their setting and then telling a compelling story that made the setting better. Sure. Which, as a writer, I can understand having the fun writing challenge, but tell a good product, you know? Make a story worth buying. It's It's weird because while I criticize the shit out of his writing... There's something about it. It's just so easy to visualize everything that's going on. And so, like, a lot of the prose is very basic, but it it's still effective. And Less so, is more. Yeah, it, it, some of the things that bother me about it are more of, like, a, a grammatical thing. Like, he uses a lot of adverbials. He uses a lot of semicolons. And most of the writers I've ever talked to or, you know, read how, uh, books on writing and stuff, they, they'll tell you, like, the big rules are don't fucking use either of those things. Adverbials are largely junk words. Um, semicolons are just kind of pretentious. Like, I remember there was a sentence, it was like, Drizzit thoroughly pushed the rock. And it's like, you could have just said Drizzit shoved the rock. That's literally, it's a word less. It's a, it's a better visual, because, you know, you, a shove is better than a push. Like, it's such an easy little fix. You, you're replacing two words with one and now this sentence is better uh yeah it, it, it's just shit like there's that a, that fucking drives me nuts when i read these now i think there's a time and a place for that stuff but largely that's that's a good rule i mean he'll have like 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 one of the big rules with that verbals is you don't want to use it when you tag like writing or like like dialogue like he angrily said like the ideally the words convey anger or you you use body language to convey anger something like something visual so that, that people can can latch onto. not i like i like to use flowery metaphors that don't make sense i mean that's better than you know angrily said yeah <laughs> to an extent anyways i mean purple prose has its has its problems i like um like he snapped sure or barked yeah, stuff like that is is um, um, I, I feel he, like a he lot. He slammed lot it down, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Pacing, pacing action with words is important, and I think sometimes people try to dis- like the more active a verb is, they want to describe it so that you perfectly understand what they're conveying. But the reality is, if the sentence flows faster, it feels faster, and your mind fills in things. Yeah, I mean that's why if you're writing an action scene, you usually want a lot of like quick sentences. You don't, but then you gotta not be choppy with it. You know, you don't want too many simple sentences because it just feels like you're reading the same noun verb, noun verb, noun verb, noun verb over and over, yeah. and that gets boring. Um, it, it's <laughs> very hard to do. I I had a D and D game. We were playing on Discord, so it was like through text. Okay. And uh, I was my character got taken over by a like a charm spell, and I was attacking another player. And it was like, there were two wizard classes, and then I'm this really big dragon barbarian. So they can't do a whole lot against me. Sure. Um, but because I'm the stupidest, I got taken over immediately. So what was really funny was the person I was standing right next to, I was able to like practically kill with a side action. Like before they start their turn, I just instigate the fight by killing them. <laughs> and then the other person was like, oh no, they were the good wizard and I'm the bad one. Oh jeez. Um, but I kept rolling terribly on my attack roll, 
and they kept rolling excellently on their like dodge ability but then conversely rolling bad on their attack roll okay and so in <laughs> it was funny because at first it was this frustrating moment where it's like okay there's a puzzle here i can get out of this i need like a good willpower thing to get out of the charm or the wizard has to put me to sleep and we're like discussing how do we do this but we ran out of options so it's like okay i'm just gonna attack you then because i don't have any other options and so i rolled a one miss uh they roll two miss one miss one miss (laughs) three miss two miss five miss one miss two miss three miss and the chat log it was like going faster and faster and we weren't even saying anything, but in my mind, I was picturing these two characters really going at it like a Dragon Ball Z fight. Sure. There's not a lot of substance, but it's moving so fast, it must be cool. Yeah. And it was this funny sequence. I like, yeah. I remember when I was writing my, my first book, which is a fantasy, and I was trying to, to take a, a card out of uh, Salvador's deck when it comes to fight scenes, because he's largely pretty good at the big-scale fight sequences. Um, that can they seem like they can last forever and they're always fun from start to finish and somewhat holds up still. Um, and so I was trying to do that and my test readers are like, "You got way too much details here. Like these, they crawl like they're not they're not frantic. They're just like a lot of details about blocking and dodging and, and swinging and pivoting and shit like that." And I ended up cutting them out, you know, by like half or more. And it's just kind of like now it's like the basics of swinging axe, blocking with sword, kind of, you know, encounter over. Um, definitely, definitely made him better. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult thing. It, it, kind of like a, the, the similarity there to drawing. Sometimes I've noticed in comic books, there's a lot of details and faces that don't need to be there. Sure. And, like, they'll draw every line of contour that goes into someone's cheek, and it ends up with them having a lot of, like, black lines on their face. Yeah. And what really, like, I don't like that style, but what was really hard to read was that Pink Panther book. Oh, is that just, out yet? It's, it's not, but there was, like, a preview. Yeah, I And the way that, that they... He, he looks so bad because there's so many lines on his face. Like, there's so many details in his eyes. He's ugly. And, and it's like there's so much lines to convey that his face is furry. And there was a furry artist on Twitter who took that image and then, like, removed a bunch of the lines and retraced it and presented it and said, just just study furry characters. Notice that, like, you see their eyes and you see a line to show where their snout yeah, and the rest, you leave it blank. Up looking. I'm looking at it now. It's like... It's, Bad. It's really awkward. It looks very, very bad. And it's such an easy fix without breaking the art style. Like, there's a realism to it, but if you draw an actual lion, you don't need all those lines. You know, you need a silhouette. That's it. Right. And so it bugs me when people don't get that. And it's kind of the same thing with writing, where you see people overly describe things. And it's like, yeah. I, I get that you want to convey something, but less is more. It's funny, too, with with some of that action stuff going back and like you read the big the really big long fight sequence in like a Drizzt book now but it's like the stuff in between the character moments are largely more interesting to me now than how many orcs he's killing in this encounter and I know that like I've talked about that with comic books a lot of the time like superhero books where it's like every superhero comic seems like it has to have a fucking fight scene it's like the drama between the fight scenes to me is largely more interesting and more important 
than an obligatory Wonder Woman's got to beat this character up because it's a Wonder Woman car- comic. And it, right. that, that's weird, kind of, you know, the adult me looking at something like this, and it's like, oh, cool, Drizzt's in another fight. I, how many pages is this one? Because he had some shit going on, and this is getting in the way. Yeah, and, like, in a movie, you want an action sequence to be, like, long and engaging. But, like, if you're reading a Phantom Menace book, the whole fight with Darth Maul and Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon Jinn would not be as long as the scene is in the in the movie. Right. Because it's like, he twirled his lightsaber and they dodged it. And then they swung their lightsaber, but he blocked both of them at the same time. And then he, he twirled back, and then he, he threw a thing, but he twirled again. And then they, they ran after him, but he kept twirling, and he did a backflip. And then he, they, they they swung at each other, but like purposefully missed for some reason. And then, they, the, then Qui-Gon Jinn, he blocked it. And then Qui-Gon Jinn, he, he ran forward, but then uh, Darth Maul, he, he, he somersaulted back, and then he twirled around. And it's like that's the first tenth of the fight. Yeah. It's man, I could think that's its own other conversation. It's like action fatigue in movies, where it always seems like, oh man, I wish there was like more action. And then you get a movie that's like nonstop action. And you're like, holy shit, I wish these characters <laughs> would just kind of like sit down and have lunch. My friend went to that. Uh, what was that first person movie? Like it was an action movie. Oh, um, shit. What was that called? I think it was called Shit. <laughs> and my my friend from work, uh, he went and he took his Xbox controller and pulled it out during the movie. And he said that holding on to that made it made the movie like tolerable because he was hearing that it was making people like motion sick. Yeah, I got some motion and sickness just, off of that one. Like holding a controller and pretending it was a video game, he like his brain shut off and he enjoyed the movie beginning to end. Hmm. And it was just it was the funniest explanation. It's like, oh, I just saw that movie, uh, but bring your your PlayStation controller because it helps. Yeah, you need like a pacifier to get through it. It, I remember watching it like, there's no way this will bother me. I play so many fucking first person shooters, I'll be fine. It's like by the end, I was like, fuck, I don't feel good. <laughs> I feel like it's like this. This is too much going on. This is crazy. Speaking of not feeling good, I finished off that Jack Daniels, and I just I don't feel anything. I'm sorry to hear that. I haven't I had any feel, liquor tonight, so I feel everything, but none of it's good. I would like to feel either drunk or festive. Sure. But it's like, eh. That must be like some weak Jack Daniels, then. It is. Yuck. That's not good. Um, it says 15%. I'm not oh, it was like a it. liqueur. Oh. There we go. It's like, it's like as strong as like a, a, a wine. Which isn't what you want when you buy Jack Daniels. It's yeah, I don't recommend it. Well, so winter jack, that. it's jacked up. Huh. So, I don't know, maybe uh, now we can maybe end this. We went out a little longer and like I said, I don't know if some of the earlier stuff was great, but I'm not going to edit the podcast, so Oh yeah, do you have a glad space? Um fuck, I had a glad space. Oh. I've been rewatching the show Moral Oral which used to be on Adult Swim. Yes. There's another thing that could have been a part of the topic, because I remember not really liking that much when I was a kid, and now that I'm rewatching it, having a lot of fucking fun with it. Like, it's largely not funny. Um, it's very, no. very dark, very depressing. It's smart. But it, it's, it tells a story worth telling. Yeah, it's really, really engaging and um, effective in what it tries to do. I, I'm really enjoying it. It's all on YouTube. Some Someone was nice and just uploaded the whole thing. 
So um, that's my glad space, and my recommendation is to go watch more Laurel. My glad space is um, uh, everybody should buy one of those dumb toot toot things. What are they called again? Automatone. Yeah. No, I I want to talk about um, Rocco's Modern Life. Okay. Did you ever watch that? Uh, bits and pieces. It was another one I didn't totally care for. You go to hell. It just it felt like it got gross and weird for the sake of it. But I was I think a lot of the humor went way over my head as a kid. Well, that's the thing. It the whole theme of most of the episodes was kind of a um like it it's kind of tiring the way that modern uh like technological advances kind of get in the way of simple things in life which is a it, it's a trope in its own right but what's weird is at the time it felt like a subject of its time but watching old episodes now they still feel like equally practical oh yeah like the only it, they could easily air the show today and just the characters would need to hold cell phones all the time and besides that they wouldn't have to change anything oh wow um like uh there was one episode where Rocco got a uh he got a credit card and so he just like maxed it out at the mall and it's like you know that's kind of a thing that still happens you know that's a premise I wasn't going to appreciate as a kid it sort of is like I had trouble understanding that episode uh it was fine, but watching it as an adult, it's like, oh, they, they actually have some kind of funny jokes in here. Sure. And there's a really good uh, Christmas episode where he's kind of bummed because he, he moved from Australia, and it's like he grew up with a family, but living in his new home in America, he's just kind of by himself. So it's like he's kind of bummed around Christmas time because he doesn't have his family around, but he has friends. So he thinks, like, well, we should have, like, a little get-together. But then everybody starts inviting their friends, and the little get-together starts to turn into, like, this giant party. And then one person just doesn't like him because he's a jerk. So he spreads a rumor that there's going to be some, like, diseased elves at the party. So uh-huh. everyone's like, oh, I'm not going. So he, he goes out of his way to host this big party, and no one shows up. And he's lonely again. And it's one of these things that this is a lot more uh, of an adult theme yeah like kids can follow it but as an adult even today it's like oh this is good i'll watch this i'll have to maybe watch a couple episodes i'm sure there's some on youtube the, the creator though is so now. great he he hated working for nickelodeon um after the first season they were uh they're at some sort of animation conference for like stockholders or something and uh, there's a part where they're doing question and answer, and somebody, it was like advertisers, and somebody asked, <laughs> like, hey, uh, creator of Rockers Modern Life, uh, I was just wanted to know, uh, why aren't there any strong female role models on the show? And his answer was, there are no strong male role models on the show. They're cartoon characters. If your role model is cartoon, you're insane. <laughs> and the, you know, corporate didn't like that answer. <laughs> And uh, he had an unaired episode that he was working on where Rocco's uh, sister comes to visit. And they said, you're going to write that episode and make Rocco's sister uh, strong and independent. And so he just, like, killed her off and said, uh, no, we're not going to do that episode. I, I, sorry, I can't make the script work. It's, it's not going to happen. 
and, uh, <laughs> and they got upset about that. So they said, you have to put in a female character with a hook. So he, he made this dentist character that has a hook for a hand. Oh, nice. And he's like, okay, there you go. And like, they kind of let him go. Um, like he got canceled after the second season cause he wasn't cooperating enough. And it's just, oh man, I love him. God, the working with, with people with money has got to be a bitch. I mean, everyone's bitching about, like, Justice League and Batman v Superman and stuff. And it's like, you know Zack Snyder had this vision and this story he wanted to tell, and then millions of dollars got in the way, and now compromises yes. have to be made. It, it almost got a too big of a budget. Like, if they gave him less money and said, hey, make this work, I think we might have gotten a better movie. Probably. It's sad. It was like, no, now we're going to get Joss Whedon involved, and he's going to make your script funnier because people want funny. It's like, yeah, but the, the, the movie is supposed to be like totally this way. It's like, no, 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 no. We see the market says we got to do this, and since we've already given you like $80 million, we're going to well, do this. Yeah, and it's like they'll make a movie. They settle on the script. They go, okay, this is the movie we're going to make. And then Guardians of the Galaxy 2 comes out, and like, oh, we don't have any jokes. Let's add jokes. It's like, okay. Let's do that. You have to wonder what kind of... Because you, you got to know that like focus testing and stuff like that goes into pretty much everything we consume because the cost to making things is so high now that you can't afford to have a bomb and, and not sell well. And well, it, it really takes... But you know what? The, I, I want to meet the test audience that watched Justice League and said, yep, that's right. Yeah, You guys did it. <laughs> It's <laughs> that movie's so bad. That's I, why I'm oh. like really happy that Mother got made because that movie's yeah. fucking weird. And it's like there's no way whatever focus test audience walked out of that going that was amazing. Everyone's probably like, Jesus, they did what to a baby? Well, it's like a ghost story. Have you seen know. that? No, I haven't. Uh, it's a very good movie. It's about a guy that dies and he's a ghost. Okay. So most of the movie is from the ghost's point of view. And it's just, it's a guy with a sheet over his head. <laughs> and it's like, it's kind of a cute presentation. Yeah. But it gets really, like, emotional in more okay. than one way. And it's very smart, I thought. And it's just kind of a, it's a weird movie. Like, go ahead, you know what, that's my second Glad Space. Watch the ghost story trailer. And that trailer captures the whole movie in a way. Okay. If you like the trailer, then watch the whole thing. But this way, it's a two-minute investment. Um, but there's no way that like a focus group signed off on the movie because it's so slow. There's like no dialogue because it's just like his wife that survives. Uh, she's like eating a pie in the kitchen, and she just she has a whole pie. So she just comes home from work and grabs a pie, and she's crying. And she's like sitting on the floor just eating a pie in real time while the ghost stands there and watches and he's sad. And there's no Jesus. dialogue. And it's that's the whole it's her eating a whole pie and then she runs into the bathroom to like throw up because she ate too much pie. And that's the scene. So that's it's like one of those artsy movies. Sure. But it's good. You'll have to check the trailer out. You go to hell. <laughs> That's opinions are cheap, everybody. Yup. And you listeners at home, you can also go to hell and meet Chad and get his signature. Yay. I'll save you seats. 
I'm going to be at OtakuCon next weekend. So Are you? be sure to be sure to stop by at my booth and buy some stickers. I don't I don't believe that for a second. It's it's at my house. I have the keys, but knock and I'll let you in. <laughs> and we'll watch anime all day. And drink shitty Jack Daniels. No, I'm never drinking that again. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Good morning. I don't know when you listen to this. <laughs> <laughs>